and welcome to another edition of the Christian Faith Radio Hour. This is David Campfield, and I'm recording this here in Chicago on Tuesday afternoon, January 23rd, 2024. And full disclosure, I'm actually re-recording this program. I did a, a version of it last week, and I just wasn't that satisfied with it, even though I had it out there when I listened to it myself. I just didn't feel I presented these things in, in the best way possible, so I'm, I'm re-recording this program. And I do have quite a, a quite a burden for this topic, even though the title, of course, is kind of funny, Spiritual Zombies versus a Living in Christ. But it's actually a very serious topic, and so I have quite a burden to present this. And it does relate also to the matter of the Passover, which I've been covering recently in the podcasts. And uh, you'll, you'll see why later on in the program we'll come back to that. We'll set that aside for now, but it does relate to this matter of the Passover. And the reason why I am so burdened for this topic is because so many Christians today are living their lives as spiritual zombies, sorry to say, instead of living in Christ. And I want to be clear, when, when I talk about spiritual zombies, that, okay, this is not a point of biblical truth for sure, but I'm just using it as an illustration to bring out a very important biblical truth. So please take it in that way. And I just think this is a very, very good way to present this topic and to try to help the believers have a fuller appreciation of how we should be those who are living in Christ rather than living according to our old fallen nature. So let's let's just start by considering, okay, what is a spiritual zombie? And to answer that question, of course, we need to consider what is just a zombie in general. And thank the Lord there are no zombies in the Bible. Praise the Lord for that. And maybe thank the Lord even more there aren't any zombies in real life either. And I, I think most people know, but a zombie is a, a, a creature from science fiction. And uh, a zombie, it's a person who's died and they've been buried. And yet somehow, and I, in the science fiction movies or TVs, uh, it seems to me they've, uh, I've never really seen these things too much, but I think they never really explain how these uh, bodies come up out of the grave, what force is causing them to come up and, and walk around. But somehow they are walking around. They're not really alive. They don't come back to life. But they're animated. And they're walking around, uh, and they're, they're covered with blood, and they're disgusting and they're, because they've, they've decomposed and... They're scaring people to death, and they're trying to turn other people into zombies, and probably they, they stink to high heaven, these, this, these disgusting, terrifying creatures. That's a zombie in, in science fiction. So if that's a science fiction zombie, then what is a spiritual zombie? A spiritual zombie is a Christian who is trying to live the Christian life in the strength of their old, fallen, natural life. Do you begin to see how this picture applies to us now? It is really so. If we are living the Christian life by our natural life, it's just like we're a zombie. We're a dead person walking around without real life, but trying to do so many things to please God, and it could never be so. He would never be happy with us living that kind of life, just like we would never want to have anything to do with a zombie living next door to us as our neighbor. Now, suppose, I was thinking of this picture as I was preparing for that, suppose a zombie showed up at your front door and said, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to have dinner with you and your family. Everybody in the family would be fighting to be the first one out the back door. You want to get away from that thing, right? 
In the same way, God does not want to have anything to do with us in our natural life. That is not how we are meant to live the Christian life. Well, what is the proper concept for how we should live the Christian life? Take a look at Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3. Paul says, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Saints, we need to have such an impression about this. Another verse along these lines, Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. We need to have such an impression. And I speak these verses to myself as well, believe me. I need to have a much deeper realization of how I am crucified with Christ. To come back to Romans, how Paul says, we were baptized in Christ Jesus into his death. He goes on in Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is the kind of transfer we've had. We were crucified with Christ. We have been baptized with him, buried with him into his death so we can walk in newness of life. That's what gives us the strength and the power to live the Christian life. We've had this transfer out of Adam into Christ and we've received a new life. And that's the kind of life we should be living now in Christ and also Christ living in us so we can walk in newness of life. Then we're not a spiritual zombie. Then we're living the Christian life as we should be. So that, in a general way, is the difference between being a spiritual zombie and living in Christ. But now I want to deal with a particular concept that does frustrate so many Christians from having a real living in Christ. And that has to do with our understanding of the function of the blood and the effect of the blood of Christ in God's plan of redemption. So many Christians have the thought that I am covered in the blood of Christ and therefore I am righteous before God and I can come into God's presence because I am under the blood of Christ. But this concept, this is the concept of a spiritual zombie. You know, because you don't realize, no, the blood by itself does not qualify me to live the Christian life and does not qualify me to be in God's presence. It's exactly like this zombie that is just walking around covered with blood, but not having any real life of its own. It's impossible. It could never live a human life. We cannot live the Christian life if we have this concept about the blood, that therefore, because I'm covered with the blood, therefore I can come to God, therefore I can live in God's presence. No, absolutely not. The function of the blood is to pay the price for our sins so we can be justified before God. That's the function of the blood. Do you know what qualifies us to be in God's presence? What enables us to live the Christian life? We can be in God's presence not just because we are covered by the blood. We can be in God's presence because we are covered in Christ. It is only our being in Christ that qualifies us to be in God's presence. And it's only Christ living within us that enables us to live the Christian life in a genuine way. 
We have to be so clear about this, saints. And when we are clear about this matter, then we are going to have a much, much stronger basis, a much stronger foundation for living the Christian life as we should. Well, what verse in the New Testament talks about this? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. That verse says, In whom, and it's talking about Christ here, in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of offenses according to the riches of his grace. Saints, where do we have redemption? Through the blood. In Christ. We have to be so clear about this. We are not redeemed apart from Christ. We are only redeemed in Christ. Now you can look at this in a couple of different ways. From the aspect of the truth and from the aspect of our experience. According to the truth, once we believe in Christ, objectively speaking, we are transferred into Christ, from Adam into Christ, and we are now in Christ. That's according to the truth. But in terms of our experience, and I can speak for myself, it's so easy for us to get out of Christ and to try to live the Christian life apart from Christ. In our experience, we can't do that in reality, but in terms of our spiritual experience, we often do that in To be honest, probably more often than not, we're living the Christian life apart from Christ. But according to the truth, we have to be clear, we have redemption in Christ and only in Christ. So that's the truth that's revealed in the New Testament. Well, where do we see this pictured in the Old Testament? And now we come back to the matter of the Passover. And as I said in recent programs, the the Passover is It's really the ultimate picture of redemption in the whole Bible. It's it's where we see the fullest, most complete presentation of the redemption that we have in Christ. So let's look at where does the blood get sprinkled in the Passover? Such a crucial point. This is in Exodus chapter 12, starting with verse 6. God is talking to Moses here. And he says, uh, uh, they should take the lamb. And then in verse 6, now you shall keep the lamb until the 14th day of the same month, Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And that's because all of us, the whole congregation, we were all involved in the death of Christ because it was our sin that put Christ on the cross. We should never forget that. The whole congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Verse 7, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. So here God tells Moses that the blood goes on the doorway. On the lintel, that's the part at the top of the door, the horizontal horizontal part, and on the two doorposts. And later on in the same chapter, Moses, he tells the elders of Israel to kill the lamb. And then in verse 22 of chapter 12, he says, You shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. So again, you see, the blood goes on the doorway. And in verse 13, that's where the Lord tells Moses, The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That wonderful promise from the Lord. When he sees the blood, he will pass over us. It doesn't matter what else is going on inside the house. It doesn't matter whether we see it or not. You can't stress this point too much. When God sees the blood, he will pass over us. For sure, this is a picture of the redeeming blood of Christ. But the point to make here 
is that this blood goes on the house. Do you see this? It does not go directly on the Israelites. In the Passover, it's as I say, it's the ultimate type of redemption in the Old Testament. Now, you had some instances where blood was sprinkled directly on individuals in the Old Testament. You had the, uh, in the consecration of the priests and some of the sacrifices, it got sprinkled on the Israelites as a whole when the covenant was being enacted. But in the picture of redemption, it does not go directly on the Israelites, which is where we would have put it, probably, if we were designing the Passover, because that's our understanding of redemption. I'm covered by the blood, so the blood goes directly on me. But that's not how God does it here. He says, no, the blood goes on the house, specifically on the doorway of the house. Well, the house here is primarily a picture of Christ as our real dwelling place. He says in John 15, of course, in those famous verses, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. So Christ is our real dwelling place. So the house here is a picture of Christ. So the fact that the blood is on the doorway of the house signifies the function of the blood is to give us a way to enter into Christ. That's the real function of the blood of Christ in God's plan of redemption. And that's why Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. We are not redeemed apart from Christ. If the blood was sprinkled directly on us, we could say, oh, I have redemption now. I have redemption apart from Christ. Thank, thank the Lord he shed his blood for me so I could be forgiven. Now the blood is on me directly, so I don't need Christ anymore to have redemption. That's not the New Testament concept, and it's not the picture that's presented in the Old Testament. We only have redemption in Christ. We need to be so clear about this. And the brother who helped me to see this so clearly in the Passover was Witness Lee in his life study of the book of Exodus. And this is uh, beginning at the very bottom of page 248. It's in message 23. He says this, Are we today under the blood or are we in Christ? Strictly speaking, to say that we are under the blood is not scriptural. This phrase is not found in the New Testament. But the New Testament says repeatedly, that we are in Christ. Our covering today is not the blood, it is Christ. Really so. And once we really see this matter of how the blood functions, it should help us to be, have, a, have a much firmer appreciation of the fact, as a believer in Christ, I am now in Christ, and I can only come to God in Christ because that is where I have redemption. That is where I'm covered by the blood. Even more, I'm covered in Christ when I come to the Lord. And I have to say, very practically, one of the, the real benefits of, of this realization, of seeing this, was it helped me to realize how to come into God's presence. Because I didn't have to drag my stinking, bloody old corpse into God's presence anymore under the covering of the blood. Again, to go back to that, it's like, it's like a spiritual zombie coming to God. And God's probably up there in heaven saying, get that stinking thing away from me. I don't want any of anything to do with that. Whenever we try to come to God in ourselves, even if we are covered by the blood, we'll have a sense there is such a barrier between us and God, such a barrier between us and the Lord. He could never be satisfied with us. 
you know, if you look up this word, good pleasure, in the New Testament, and I'm looking at it now in the Blue Letter Bible, it's uh, Strong's number is 2106. Uh, it's pronounced something like eudakeo, something like that, good pleasure. So many times when it's, this word is used in relation to God, God is speaking directly of Christ, such as, just to go through some of these examples, uh, when Christ was baptized, he comes up out of the water and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, he says basically the same thing in, on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew seventeen five. Again, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. In Galatians 1.15, Paul says, It pleased God to reveal his son in me. Colossians 1.19, It was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Just about every time it uses this word in relation to God, it's speaking of Christ himself. Or sometimes in the case of Paul in Galatians, he's speaking of Christ being revealed in us. What gives God such good pleasure is his son. So when we come to the Father, not in ourselves, but in the name of Christ, because we're covered with Christ and because Christ is living within us, we'll have a deep sense of the Father's good pleasure with us. He's so happy with us because we're in Christ and Christ is in us. This is the way to come to God in prayer, to tell him, Father, thank you. Thank you, Christ died for my sins. He shed his blood on my behalf. I'm covered by the blood. But even more, I'm covered in Christ. And so I just come to you in the name of your dear son. Thank you, Father. I can come to you covered in Christ. Hallelujah. I think if you practice this, you'll find out your prayer life is very much enriched and uplifted. And you won't sense a barrier anymore between you and God. Instead, you'll have a real sense of God's pleasure as you come to him in Christ. And of course, that's one way in which we live the Christian life in a genuine way in Christ, rather than trying to live the Christian life by our old natural fallen life. But all throughout our Christian life, we really need to ask the Lord to show us in a much deeper way what it means to say that now I am a person in Christ. Of course, in this episode of the podcast, we very much stress the, the metaphor of uh, spiritual zombies. But let me use another metaphor now, again related to the Passover. In a very real sense, the entire question of our Christian life and whether we can go on with the Lord in a good way is, do we stay in the house or not? In John fifteen five, the Lord himself says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. So if we're not abiding in Christ, if we're not taking him as our real dwelling place and enjoying all the riches that we have in him as our real dwelling place, we can do nothing. The whole question, again, is are we staying in Christ? Are we staying in the house, so to speak, or are we outside of the house? Satan cannot get inside the house. When we're under the covering of the blood, when we're under the covering of Christ, Satan has no way to get at us. So what is he trying to do? His whole object is to try to get us out of the house. He comes knocking, you know, come here, I want to talk to you. It's really so. Uh, he just will do anything to get us out of Christ as our dwelling place. And as soon as we come out of Christ as our dwelling place, we're defeated. We just can't do anything. It's exactly what Christ says. 
Everything depends on our staying in Christ. And that's why it's so important for us to have a clear seeing, a clear vision of this matter, of how we have had a transfer, so that we're no longer in our old man. We're no longer in Adam. Now we are in Christ. And I, I can just tell you my own uh, testimony. I can never forget the first time I saw this myself. Uh, I was, I've been saved less than a year, probably about half a year. And uh, I, I remember very specifically, I was at that time I was subletting an apartment. I was in the Versailles, I think it was called the Versailles Apartment Complex in Schaumburg, Illinois. And one night, it might have been a Friday night for some reason, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, I was reading a book by Watchman Nee. And I don't remember which book it was, but he talked about this matter of being in Christ. And he specifically was referring to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. That says, but of him, that is, but of God, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom to us from God, even our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And he stressed this fact that everything is in Christ. When we're in Christ, he's our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And the Lord just opened my eyes to see that, how I was in Christ and I had all these blessings in Christ. And I tell you, that, that night I just felt like I didn't have a problem in the world. The whole world was under my feet. Everything was wonderful. There was no problem between me and God whatsoever. I had just a clear way to go on with the Lord Oh, I just felt I was in the heavenlies when I really saw that. Like I said, I could never forget uh, that night when I really first saw this matter of how we are in Christ. Praise the Lord, saints. I encourage you to spend some time praying over that verse. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, God. It is of you that we are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. I am in Christ Jesus. And he became wisdom to us from God, even our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We are in Christ Jesus. If we see a vision of this, then our whole Christian life really becomes different. Another a very good thing you can do is look up this phrase, in Christ, in the New Testament. You know, for the Lord to speak to us, we need to give him away by exercising ourselves before him in his word. And this is a very, very good study to do. Um, uh, I use the Blue Letter Bible a pretty good amount. Uh, that's the main software tool I use. But you can, in the search bar there, you can just type in that phrase in quotes. It has to be in quotes, so it's looking for that exact phrase, in Christ. And if you're using some of the other tools, maybe you can do the same type of thing. But when you type that in, it's amazing. It's, it's uh, In the New American Standard, it's uh, about 88 times this phrase occurs. Almost every time, it's in the writings of the Apostle Paul. It's, it's once in the book of Acts, when Paul's talking to Felix, it says he was sharing with him about the faith in Christ Jesus. There's a couple times in the writings of the Apostle Peter. All the other times are in the writings of the Apostle Paul. He was so impressed with this matter of being in Christ. And I'll just read some of these uh, here very quickly. But as I say, if you want to do this yourself, it's a very, very good spiritual exercise. And a very good study to do in the Word. Romans 3.24, Paul says, uh, By his grace... We are justified through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. Again, there we see our redemption is in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.11, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. How can we come to God? 
How can we be alive before God in Christ Jesus? We're not dead anymore in Adam. We're alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll skip down a little bit. 2 Corinthians 2.14, God always leads us in triumph in the Christ. Galatians 1.22, the churches of Judea were in Christ. Galatians 2.17, we're justified in Christ. Galatians 3.26, we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So, and so many more you could go through, but I just encourage you to do that for yourself and allow the Lord to really impress you with this fact. Everything we have is in Christ Jesus. And in fact, one more I'll read. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing that we have, saints, is in Christ. And so we just need to allow the Lord to really impress us, to really give us a vision of this fact that as the believers in Christ, we are now in Christ. That's where we have redemption, saints. We don't have redemption apart from Christ. We just need to be saved from that wrong concept. We are redeemed in Christ. And every spiritual blessing we have, we have in Christ. Just allow the Lord to impress you with your fact. I do think your whole Christian life will be revolutionized. May the Lord make it so. And as he allows, we hope to be back with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Christian Faith Radio Hour. For more resources, you can visit thechristianfaith.org, which is my website. If you'd like to receive my e-letter, just click on the subscribe link there and enter your email address. And to connect with us by email, just send us a note at notes at thechristianfaith.org. Until next time, may the Lord keep you in his way for his sake and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.